0: following podcast is brought to you on behalf of the saracen supporters association and is not an official product of saracens limited content provided voluntarily by our guests and contributors are of their own opinion which may change over time and should not be taken as fact particularly as the podcast hosts are regularly talking drivel anyway if you've got some drivel of your own you'd like to share you can find us on twitter and instagram at fezcast underscore ssa you can search facebook for the fezcast or you can email fezcast.ssa at outlook.com You're listening, to the Fezcast. You're
1: listening to the FezCast. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the FezCast. And just two of us in the hot seats tonight, myself, Jez, and Barry uh, is joining us, which is probably just as well, Barry, because in the first part, we've got quite a bit to get off our chest. And um, let's be honest about it. I've got a bit of anger to get out of my system.
2: Yep, I, th- I think this is going to be, a, for, for those of us old enough to remember it, this is going to be a little bit like an episode of Father Ted, or rather I should say a cheap episode of Father Ted. It's going to be Vec, Arson, Jones, I should <laughs> I should imagine.
1: Yeah, there is going to be quite a bit of that. Look, let's uh, tell you what's coming up in the show, because it's not just me having a rant at Eddie, although um, there will be a little bit of that we've got a brilliant interview that I have done with a returnee to the podcast, cast, but Kelly Brown has joined us um, and just chatted about the season so far. I've done a little bit of a coach's review of what's been going on and how well um, and how happy they are with the season so far. And then we're going to look, up, look forward to um, the Saints game on the weekends with him and also Europe and the, and the, the break between um, Saints and Europe with the uh, the loss of the Worcesters and Wasps game, but uh, yeah, I mean, plenty, plenty going on there. And obviously, we've got Women's World Cup final to discuss, um, and uh, everything else is going on in the world of rugby. Uh, you okay with that, Barry? Yep, absolutely. Let's go for it. Well, yeah. well, shall we start with the international? Shall we get the shall we get the um, the annoying the argument is if the Jez runs out of the way, first of all.
2: (laughs) Yeah, let's, let's, um, I I won't pose that question that I mentioned in the chat earlier on, just to sort of wind you up and point in the the right direction. But, um, Eddie Jones, so Jez, Eddie Jones,
1: right man for the job? (laughs) I think I've started it on Twitter, the hashtag Eddie must go. And quite frankly, after the weekend, Eddie's got to go and he's got to take Ben Young's with him. Um, Honestly, it was, it's just, you're looking at a team, and I, and I said this so many times in relation to England, but other teams as well, and you see it at the Premiership level with certain clubs. There's Plan A, and if Plan A doesn't work, he just sends them out and tells them to do Plan A only better. There's no, he's, he's a prescriptive coach who is blind to any sort of advice or comments from outside who is wedded to this 10-12 axis of Smith and Farrell, um, and Ben Youngs, who, quite frankly, I've seen quicker traffic jams on the M25 than Ben Youngs at ruck time. It's I think someone put it, when JVB came on and replaced Ben Youngs, he did more in 25 seconds than Ben Youngs had done in the preceding 55 minutes in the game. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Probably, probably racked up more yards going forward in that one carry for the, the try than, than Ben Young's manages in, a, in an entire season for England.
1: Uh, I mean, it, I've, I've been on, on on the social medias and there's Tigers fans saying they're picking the wrong Tigers scrum half for England. And you've got Rafi Quirk and you've got, Alex, I mean, Alex Mitchell. I mean, in the same way, we'll mention... Um, some players who I, I have no idea what more they're going to do. Ben Earl and Elliot Daly at our club. I don't know what more Alex Mitchell has got to do to get in that England side at the moment. He's on fire. If I'm Eddie Jones, okay, I'm going to put myself in Eddie's place now. I am Eddie Jones. The first thing I would have done this morning was hand him a letter of resignation. But he won't do that because he needs to get sacked so he gets the, gets the dosh. But, okay, he's staying. He's here for the Japan game. What's the first thing you do? Eddie, the first thing you do is you play players in their position. Maro has played the entire season at lock forward for Saracens. Pick him at lock forward. Owen Farrell is the best all-round 10 in the country, in the Northern Hemisphere, in the world. I don't care what anybody else is saying. And ruck.co.uk, their constant bullying of Owen Farrell on their social media is bang out of order. And then you pick on form. Manu Tuolagi's done nothing for sale this year. Ollie Lawrence being brilliant. Elliot Daly being brilliant. Surely, surely, surely you go JVP, Farrell, Lawrence Daly, Radwan, Cocker Singer. I think Cocker Singer's done well. Freddie Stewart. There's your back your back line. Sorted. Bang. Thank you very much. Give me a million pounds a year and I could be Eddie Jones. <laughs> yep,
2: yeah, I'd I I would probably pay money to watch that that side play. Um but yeah, whatever's going on with with Eddie Jones, it's England have not been good since the semi final in 2019, and I it's not you can't even see a direction of travel for them, um, and I suspect we're in for a long winter and uh, a short World Cup.
1: <laughs> well, undoubtedly so. I think so. I mean, I put the joke out on um, Facebook the other day, saying about apparently. Um, you can get 25-1 to 1 on Wales winning the World Cup, which for people who don't understand betting means if you put a tenner on Wales, you'll lose a tenner. Well, I think you can say exactly the same about England, only the odds will be slightly shorter. I, You know, I really am looking at those international games and thinking, do I really want to watch them? Do I really want to have to put up with Amazon Prime freezing every 20 seconds to see a team? I think... John, our colleague on the um on the on the first cast, so he was lucky he got free tickets to go to the game, but his tickets for him and his son could buy a title of 150 quid for two tickets up in the gods at Twickenham. I I it beggars belief. I mean, what are the RFU? You want people to go and watch the game, and yet they allow a coach to destroy a brilliant generation of rugby players by by coaching all the flair and skill and and, and 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 ambition out of them, and then you charge people ridiculous money to watch it. Oh. Something's going wrong there, isn't it? Yeah, I, I saw something on social
2: media this morning, and I, I, I'll repeat it as it was put. I've no idea if it's true, because I haven't sat down and worked it out. But apparently you could take a family of five to watch the Red Roses next home game for the same money as it would cost you to go with one person at Wickenham. I'm assuming that's probably top price tickets, but...
1: Uh. I it's I, I I think I said in the, in a the chat I said the last time I went my ticket cost me forty five quid and give you an idea of how long ago it was I coughed when I signed the check <laughs> <laughs> and that What's was a the check? point when I turned around <laughs> and went you know what this this is just not on is it because when, once you take, you know you put in your, your train travel and a few beers you know and, and I think Clive Woodward made the point and he? he says not only was the 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 entertainment on the pitch Awful. It was spoiled by the people constantly getting up to either go and have a pee or go and buy another beer. Swickerdam is just, it's just not a great place to go to watch international rugby, I don't think. It, it's it's a shame it's a crack it is actually quite a decent
2: stadium and the facilities are pretty good but you're right the, the, i mean watching it on tv yesterday there, there didn't seem to be an awful lot of atmosphere and i, I spoke to someone who was there and he said it, it just seems flat you know the, the, the crowd are waiting for the the team to give them something to cheer and the the team are waiting for i don't know what they're waiting for actually but they don't seem to be waiting for very much at the moment but um yeah it's it's just the whole thing seemed flat i mean i'm going to the south Africa game in a, three weeks time whatever it is um so i'll it'll be interesting to see my first trip since prior to the pandemic um but yeah i mean that's not cheap and if it's raining i'm going to get absolutely soaked because i'm sitting on row one
1: I was going to say If you won the lottery recently, Barry, they not told us. But
2: they, they were the cheapest tickets I could get, mate. And I and I, I was determined to go because as I say it has been a while since um,
1: yeah.
2: it was the Ireland game in twenty twenty, just before the lockdown. So uh, was the last time I went to see England. But um, it's a it's a good day out. But yeah, it's not a cheap day out.
1: Well, yeah, and I mean, look, we talked about the um, the backs quickly, and you know how I'd sort those out, and I think. I did that pretty quickly. Forwards to one thing with the forwards discipline, they've got to get themselves sorted. I don't know what's going on there. You've got people like Alice Genge, and you know Maro Toji. I mean Johnny Hill's not international class. Been in, him never has been. I've never raced him. You know Maro goes to lock. You bring in Ben Earl. You move Tom Curry over to the blind side. That's a pretty explosive back row there with Billy doing what Billy does. But get them to be disciplined. Luke Cowan-Dickey throwing himself at people's feet. It's a red card waiting to happen. I'm sorry, you know, and, and I blame his, his club coaches because that's how Exeter it is. are a teacher, coach to make tackles. This chop tackle. It's dangerous. It's reckless. And I can easily see Chiefs in 10 to 15 years facing some lawsuits with players who've had to retire early because of the way that they've been coached to tackle you know, that's just my opinion. I'm not alleging it. You know, I just, that's what I see, but I, I could see yeah. there being a problem there. Um, yeah. But, you know, Argentina were, were indisciplined, but got away with it. England were indisciplined and didn't get away with it. You, you know, when you've got kickers like Farrell and the, the Argentinian lad who are just kicking them from everywhere, you really got to tighten that up. And uh, I don't know I really uh, what, if you go to their clubs, they would not give away those penalties. They play in what? Well, I was going to say in a white shirt. I mean, they're playing in whatever color shirt it was this time. Sorry, excuse me. England playing white with blue socks. All right. <laughs> well, not not if they've
2: got an alternate kit to flog.
1: No. Well, again, it's it's all the thing, it's all money, isn't it? And it's 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 the old thing, is it? The Oscar Wilde thing is saying about people who know the uh, the cost of everything but the value of nothing. This is very true. No. Right. I've got that off my chest. Is there anything else you want to add about England, Barry? Uh, just very quickly, and I, I did mention
2: this in the chat earlier, the, the number of people blaming Owen Farrell for Marcus Smith's um, ineffective performance yesterday was was frankly ridiculous. Um, we've we've said it before on the podcast. Um, Marcus Smith will be a great player, but it, at the moment, he's not at international standard and he's not in particularly good form for Quinns either. Um, he should not be there at 10. It should be Owen Farrell at 10. Um, and if you're going to have a, if you're going to have a ten with slow ball, don't ban the bloke outside him because it's got nothing to do with him.
1: Absolutely not. And I mean, yeah, I think the problem with Marcus Smith is that he is a bit of a one trick pony. I'm afraid the hop and the skip and the burst into, um, into space, he can do that at Premiership level, the international level. When you've got fifteen, seriously top quality players, he that's easy to deal with. Yes, you're right. I mean, I think if he had a quicker scrum half inside him, like he does at Queens with Danny Kerr, I mean, you know, Danny Care for all what we say about the lad, he is one of the quickest scrum arse around. Uh, JVP is, you know, he'd he play outside Ivan van Zyl, who we talk about with um, with Kelly in our interview. You know, scrum half with with accurate, quick delivery. He would look good and he would get that opportunity. But at the moment, if he's going to go with Ben Youngs, you've got to put someone like Owen Farrell there who can take a hit and who can develop the ball up further. But quite honestly, you could put Dan Carter in his prime outside Ben Youngs at the moment and he'd look like the Dog and Ducks third 15 standoff. He really would. Uh, and but yeah, let's move on to the other internationals. Number one, very gritty from Ireland, although I'm going to throw another little ranting, because Razzie Erasmus has been up to his normal tricks of not saying anything but putting out videos. Obviously, you read between the lines and he's he's saying the referee got it wrong. No, just accept Razzie. Sometimes sometimes you're the statue and sometimes you're the pigeon. And South Africa got more than enough times of being the, being the pigeon. And, you know, sometimes don't get away with it. But Ireland, very gritty. And again, you know, if you're talking about coaches... How we've allowed Andy Farrell to be head coach at Ireland when we're in desperate need of an Englishman who knows what he's doing at the top of the English game? Beyond me. Well, funnily enough, when um, when he was
2: coaching England, I remember the dog's abuse he was getting because of uh, because of the results and everything. So, <clears throat> don't particularly blame him disappearing off to Ireland. But uh, yeah, maybe we'll get him and Sean Edwards back because we we both we've let both of them escape from us somehow.
1: Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, ridiculous, isn't it? You know, so um, Wales and Scotland, they're going backwards at a rate of knots. I I, I mentioned the the, the joke about Wales and putting a tenner on, but I mean, I'm afraid to say, Is it the Beast tweeted about Alan Wynne-Jones and said, a a great dancer knows when to leave the dance floor. And I think Alan Wynne-Jones should have left the dance floor about three, four years ago. But, you know, keep on wheeling him out. Is he about 48 now? (laughs) He's nearly as old as me. <laughs> and, and no disrespect to you, Barry. You played like it too on the weekend.
2: <laughs> I think he'll probably be quite upset with that, but I'll, I'll, I'll take that as a as a as a comparison. It's quite a, quite a comment. No, um, no, I, I didn't see much of that game, but um, yeah, Wales are, are not really at the, the top of their game at the moment. Until of the course they play England, in which case they'll get them around boosting victory, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah,
1: undoubtedly so. Undoubtedly so. Uh, The other interesting uh, game was France, Australia. Australia should have really won that game. And you do have to look at that France side and thinking, you know, 12 months out from a World Cup, have they peaked too early? I mean, they were scintillating in the Six Nations, but they, they seem to have taken a slight step backwards, I think.
2: Early season for for all the home, na- all the northern hemisphere nations, and obviously the back end of the season for the, the southern hemisphere ones. So they're probably a bit more warmed up. But finding finding a way to win without playing particularly well is is generally the mark of a good side. And I think France will be very difficult to stop um, come World Cup time.
1: Indeed, and the other thing was obviously we saw the Samoa Italy game. Italy got a good win there against Samoa, but. Uh, Fio doing Fio things, but getting hurt by the looks of things. Although, um, without giving too much away, I do ask Kelly about that in the interview. So um, hopefully there's some good news there. But yeah, that was uh, interesting to see what went on there. Yeah, we could certainly do with
2: some good news on the injury front. We um, seem to be dropping like flies left, right and centre at the moment. But uh, yeah, a, a good win for Italy. I mean, you kind of expect that uh, from them. Who do they play next? Is it Australia? I think it could be, yeah, something, yeah, something like that. That will be a, a test for them. I'm just having a, a quick check online. Yes, Italy, Australia on Saturday, so uh, that would be an interesting game. Ireland have
1: got Fiji. Mm. Yes, very interesting. It would be, uh, be quite uh, interesting to see what happens there and potentially another ramp in coming afterwards as well when England play Japan. But let's move <laughs> on to good news, Barry. Uh, the Women's World Cup. Did you get up early doors on um, Saturday morning? No, I've I've admitted defeat. I've
2: managed to get up early once, stay up late once, and so the New Zealand Authority thought I'll get him. I'll stick it on right in the middle of the night where it's too late to stay up and too early to get up for. So, I had to watch it on the ITV Hub, which is um, does at least mean I can fast forward through most of the adverts. But um, oh, what a game! Game of the weekend that I saw, anyway.
1: Yeah, out of all of the games, I thought, yeah, kudos to Canada. I mean, it it's a little bit um, disrespectful for everybody to keep on turning around and saying Canada are amateur. They, they've got a lot of um, players in that side who are, who, who are paid players. I mean, obviously, players that we know, Sophie de Gouda, for instance, as well. I mean, but yeah, they really gave England a test, which I think Simon Middleton would be quite happy to have going into a final against
2: the Kiwis. Yeah, I thought that watching it as well. It's uh, that th- they play in a not too dissimilar way to New Zealand from what I've seen of it, what I've seen of the, of the Black Ferns, which is a huge amount. Um, and they are clearly a physical side. And and assuming we haven't uh, punched ourselves out of the semi-final stage, which is something we can all <laughs> relate to after last season, um it will be a useful warm-up match if there's such a thing for a final.
1: Oh, absolutely. I will say, though, um, it really should have been France, I think, in the final. Um, they were very unlucky against the Black Ferns. I think at one point I did sort of like in cheekly said that somebody had had a word with Joy Neville and reminded her where the final and where the tournament was being held, because I did feel that France... Got the rough end of quite a few decisions that could have gone either way. Have to feel sorry for the girl at the end, taking the, part, the goal. You know, these things happen. You can't you can't define that. The fact that France was so close. I mean, they they really did put a performance and again gave New Zealand one hell of a, a hell of a shock and a hell of a, a hell of a run out.
2: Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> backs up backs up our result against France as well because we were all sort of saying oh, we haven't played that well, but France are a very tenacious side. They don't give up. They they keep going to the end. And yeah, that kick was. Um, I'm not familiar with her kicking style, but it looked to me like she rushed it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Everybody's saying that she's been dead eye dick uh, mm. throughout the tournament, which she has. Um, and then suddenly so the one where the pressure comes on. And I think that's the, the the thing, isn't it? I mean, the pressure, it takes a very special type of person. If you've never been in that situation to be able to do that, I mean, you know, if it was Owen Farrell or Alex Goode even, or, you know, Emily Scarrett, you're sat there going, yeah, 99 times out of 100, they're going to slot that. Whereas the girl, obviously, you know, it's her first opportunity of doing that. I just hope that she comes back from it because she's obviously a special talent, as are many of those French girls. And, you know, it's good for for the game of women's rugby that there are four or five top quality nations performing.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we did we, we have got the top four ranked nations in the world in the in the semi-finals, and and that's obviously a good thing and a good way the the tournament's worked out. I'm sure she'll be back. She'll she'll go away. She'll work on that, and next time she'll hopefully just be able to drown out the crowd who weren't particularly respectful, from what I saw of it. Um, and she'll just take her time and, and make that the last kick of the game.
1: I have to say, it's something you get from um, <laughs> in New Zealand. And, uh, the, the people listening in can't hear, but I uh, can't see, obviously. But I'm wearing my Waikato Chiefs T-shirt tonight. And I remember going out to, to being in Hamilton and watching um, Auckland Blues against Waikato Chiefs uh, when I was out there in New Zealand a few years ago. And it always it amazed me that behind the posts was a bloke with a mullet hairdo in a cherry picker with a chainsaw and every time the kicker came up to take a kick and, and the chainsaw would go and yeah so uh, you obviously have different levels of respect the final's going to be great though I think you know New Zealand have got a lot of flair outside you know Portia Woodman and uh, Ruby 2, uh, the, the, yeah. whereas England have got a pack that really if they get on top and I think this is what England will hope to do is they're going to keep this one tight uh, and use their strengths and just I think stop the ball getting out to those speedsters out out wide for the uh, for the Black Ferns.
2: Yeah, I, my my fear on that is that they'll. I mean, they're going to come under all sorts of media pressure this week because we know what they're like down there and it's already started i think during the tournament they'll be criticized they'll be getting dogs abuse from everyone in the media about their style of play and the fact that they're forward orientated and their their catch and drive and all that sort of thing and and it'll be it'll be you know the 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 purists against the the hooligans sort of thing in in the media and I, i just hope they don't get talked out of their game plan we're very good at what we do and uh, w- at the end of the day, there's never been a scorecard made that has room for comments, so it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. It's it's winning the game that counts on Saturday.
1: Well, absolutely, and I think it's a bit unfair to just you know for the the media over there to denigrate the women's team as just being this big lump of forwards. Happy Dow's try on the weekend was an absolute thing of joy and beauty.
2: Yeah, I I mean, I knew what was happening, and even so, I was still screaming, "Kick it out for crying out loud!" What on earth are you doing, running it from there? But they they never laid a hand on on the uh, the two wingers as they ran it back.
1: Yeah, absolutely amazing stuff. A lovely pass from Claudia McDonald out, so Abby Dow, superb stuff. But that's something to look forward to on the weekends let's have a break here now and then we'll come back in a minute with um and and dissect the uh, the game at Ashton Gate uh, where we uh, baited some bears i think is best to say <laughs>
0: Listening to the FezCast, which is proudly sponsored by the Saracen Supporters Association, and I'm Alison Davis, one of the SSA committee. For a £10 annual subscription, the SSA provides our members with monthly newsletters, virtual and in person player events, away match ticket allocations, and we organise pre match gatherings at away matches. We sponsor men's and women's players, and we support the Saracens Foundation Track Club on behalf of our members. On top of all that, every year we have a seasonal ssa badge which is exclusive to members where else can you get that much value for a tenner join now at membermojo.co.uk forward slash ssa or come and see us on match day in the oasis at the stonex
1: this is the Fescast. Well, welcome back to the next part of this um, edition of the first cast of me, Jez and Barry. And as I said before the break, uh, time to talk about the game at Ashton Gate down in Bristol against the Bears. Uh, First thing I've got to say is I was very, very disappointed in the Bristol performance. I, I, I thought they were, quite frankly, clueless up until Harry Facker came on and just turn around and got a grip of the line out and the and the mall and said this is what we're going to do we're going to actually throw something at throw some punches at Saracens because up until then they hadn't thrown a punch
2: no they they'd pretty much gone two two plays and and kick it downfield and that was i don't know what game plan was but it certainly needed to change earlier than it did and, and when they did start to play they they asked us some questions I think we'd taken our foot off the gas a little bit by then but uh, if they'd if they played like that from the start it would have been it could well have been a different game
1: well absolutely I think you know I've written down here Surrey's really never got out of second second gear really I mean they and they didn't have to we got down into their 22. Bristol would give away a penalty. Goody would step up. Thank you very much. Three points. Off we go. One bit of magic for Max. Beautiful bit of magic. And, you know, that's going to cheer up the Bristol Bears fans, knowing that that's coming to them next season. But, <laughs> yeah, other than that, Goody rolled back the years again and showed all the composure that comes from playing 17,000 times and 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 did the business. And, yeah, it was nice to see that we could go through a game like that in second gear without exerting too much, without having to worry too much about injuries or anything like that. Yes, the weather conditions were atrocious, but I don't, I don't see that really as an excuse. I mean, Kelly mentions it in the interview, which is coming up in a minute, but you know, I. I will throw in, I watched the rugby league on Saturday afternoon, England versus Papua New Guinea where for 30 minutes in absolute dreadful weather in Wigan, England's rugby league team were absolutely superb. It didn't matter that it was wet weather. I always think this wet weather side of things is a little bit of a misnomer. You, you know, yes, the ball's going to be slippery. you just tailor your game and Saracen's tailored their game.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the, the forwards were immense on Saturday. Um, it... It was always good. It, it almost looked like a penalty every time we we, we scrummed down. We were always seemed to be quite dominant. Um, I know there's been a lot of talk on the on the Bristol social media about the uh, the referee. I don't think he got too much wrong from what I could see. Um, but we we just looked we, we looked in control. It would have been nice to have launched the backs a little bit more than we did, um, but we we did more than enough to. To, to get the points and uh, all right, we, we left a point out there hey can't be perfect
1: well no absolutely I mean it's interesting you, you mentioned the referee was it Jack Make, Makepeace wasn't it I thought he was excellent really yeah. well, it was good I mean it's easy to say from the point of view of being the victors you know and uh, refer us back to the Razi Rasmus thing you know whenever South Africa win he's happy he never mentions the referees you know if you lose you're going to mention the referees I thought he was excellent you know the Saracens for a for a, an inexperienced front row, and particularly Theo Dan, who I think has really stepped up in the last two or three weeks, they started presenting the picture to the referee that the referee wanted to see. I think there was what well, Robin Hislop got um, penalised early doors and absolutely yeah. changed what he was doing. Absolutely fantastic! It's good to see Bomber back at the club as well. He's a, he's a he's a good solid pro there, and he'll do a good job for us. But yeah, I mean for for a youthful front row, they worked out pretty quick what the referee wanted to see and they and they did it. I think a lot of that comes yeah, from having that- a, a top quality leader. And uh, again, I mentioned this with Kelly about um, Ben Earl, a couple of games ago when he was announced as captain, we all sort of like were a little bit surprised to think the fact of the matter is they've obviously identified something from him um, and he's absolutely brilliant in that in that captaincy role.
2: Yeah, he, he looks like a player who's got quite a lot of control as he he's quick and he's fast and he's powerful.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a really good point you make there. I just think, yeah, he's, you know when you look at the other players around and you've got Jackson Ray on the side, you've got Goody, you've got Elliot Daly, all players with a lot more experience than him. The fact that he can step up and, and be that leader and those senior players, those generals follow him, he's... Yeah, it's great. And I I mentioned it to Kelly and it's interesting what Kelly's comment is. But I'm saying uh, Ben signed a big contract with us. He's been given this leadership role. Are we looking at the future of Saracens? You know, you're looking at a lot of players who will be coming towards their end of their career. Ben's obviously the one who I would imagine will move into being our marquee player within the next couple of seasons, quite possibly. You know, and are they looking at the succession from Owen Farrell to Ben Hill? I certainly, on the evidence of the last two games, I would have no problem with that happening at all. No, it's it's it looks like it may well be going that way. But uh, we'll have to wait and
2: see. I mean, obviously, uh, Owen will be a huge set of boots to fill. Um, and I, I I almost pity anyone who's who's got that role of of trying to fill the uh, fulfill the the Owen Farrell role because he's been such a leader for us. Um, on the pitch on and off the pitch i mean it it's it's noticeable if you're at a game if you watch at half time um mark mccall goes off talking to aaron farrell he doesn't go off talking to anyone else he doesn't go off talking to his coaches he doesn't disappear straight down the tunnel either he goes to the side of the pitch and walks off talking to aaron farrell every game yeah
1: absolutely well that was great um as i say we've now got an interview which I've enjoyed doing uh, with Caddy Brown, and we are going to discuss an awful lot of stuff. His recent um, injury, uh, comparing cars to Jerome Kano, is uh, <laughs> the next one, and the, and the embarrassment he feels about not damaging the car enough. Uh, and then we're going to talk about the season and everything that's going on and a few of the players. So that's coming up now. After a word from one of our advertisers. <laughs>
0: Hi guys, I'm Alex Leonton and I'm a proud Loose Heads ambassador.
2: I'm Sydney Gregson and I'm a Loose Heads ambassador.
0: We're a rugby mental health charity working to tackle the stigma. You can find us at Loose Heads on all social media channels or at looseheads.co.uk.
2: The Loose Heads mission is to place a mental health lead at every rugby club. Get in touch now to find out more.
0: Take care and enjoy the rest of the podcast. Enjoy the rest of the pod.
1: The Fezcast. Well, I'd like to welcome back to the Fezcast for his second appearance as a guest on the pod. Um, Saracen's coach, good, all round good guy, Kelly Brown. Thanks, Kelly, for joining us. Hope you are well.
0: Hi, Jez. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Uh, And it's great to be here.
1: Well, I mean, you say you're good, Kelly. Obviously, the big news over the summer was uh, you uh, taking on a car on your bike and uh, I suppose finding out that perhaps running into the likes of drunkano uh, or uh, whoever <laughs> is not
0: quite as bad as you perhaps thought back then. Oh, definitely. Uh, yes, it was actually uh, it was 13 weeks ago and I was cycling home and I was going down a hill and at the same time a car was coming up the hill, I saw the car. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't see me. And so, as I was going down, it just turned in front of me, uh, and so I, yeah, I smashed into the side of the car, went flying over the top, uh, and yeah, I managed to. I cut my knees, I cut my face open, uh, I broke my nose again, uh, and the big thing was it was my kneecap, so I fractured a kneecap, um, and so that's the thing. Uh, it's the thing that's taken a bit of time, but. I'm getting there, and and on the plus side, I'm sort of um, I'm alive because my helmet had a crack in the middle of it, and so it could have been it could have been a lot worse.
1: Well, undoubtedly so, and a, a yellow card for a no arms tackle, no doubt as well.
0: Well, yeah, well, the, well, I was just saying, I didn't I didn't actually see the car afterwards because I'm on the floor and the car sort of stopped. And anyone asked if I damaged the car, I said, well, I certainly hope so because I felt like it braced into the contact. So. So I would hope it's done a bit of damage or else I'll be I'll be incredibly embarrassed.
1: <laughs> well, it's good that you're on the road to recovery. That's the main thing. But what Thank must you. be helping the recovery is a great start to the season for Saracens. Eight from eight. I've mentioned it on the Fez cast in previous weeks. You know, it's like watching Ronnie O'Sullivan when he's potted seven reds and seven blacks you're suddenly thinking is something special going to happen this year I mean without getting too cocky
0: you've got to be happy with a 100% start to the season oh yeah it's been a good start Um, we don't we don't as a coaching group as a squad as a club we don't look sort of too far ahead Um, I think I think all in all yeah we're we're fairly we're fairly upbeat you know with how things are going we feel especially our attacks improved over the course of this year um which is good but we need to keep on working because it's this it's the sort of league as soon as you as soon as you think as as soon as you think you know you've cracked it or it's easy uh you get caught and so and so we're just working on sort of every day you know just getting better um as individuals, but also also as a team. And if we do that, let's just see what happens.
1: Well, obviously, yeah, I mean, I think that's a, a great attitude to take. I mean, there are moments throughout this season where we've been watching, whether it's been at the ground or on the TV or Premiership Rugby TV. Leicester performance was just absolute top dollar. I don't think there would be a team in rugby, international or domestic. I said it at the time that could have coped with the intensity and the ability and the accuracy that we brought to that game, I mean, as you say, you, we're bringing in a new, I well, say new, but developing an attacking sense of flair to our performances as a club. But you know, surely it's the accuracy when it works that's that's most pleasing. I would have thought.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. And the big thing, and the big thing that that as a group so we've been speaking about it, is just doing the right thing at the right time. And seasons gone by. Uh, it's certainly if you go back you know eight or nine years it was always sort of in our half so we looked to exits and we look to kick and then we chase and we and we defend off the back of that I think I think now it's sort of gone to right what's on and so the players were very fortunate you know we've got some we've got some unbelievable players and we back them you know to to ultimately you know to make a choice and to make a decision um and if it's on it's like Okay, well, let's play. It doesn't matter where it is. If it's on and you think it's on, let's have a go.
1: Well, absolutely. I like to talk about some of the players. And I mean, I know you as a coaching team are quite reticent to, to single out individuals because it is a team effort and it's a team ethos. And Mark yeah. McCall, when he was interviewed on Bears TV prior to the game on, on the weekend, you know, he mentioned Theo Dan, who I think has really stepped up, particularly with Jamie George's injury. But, you know, we're waxing lyrical at the moment about Magic Theo, Theo McFarland. Uh, I mean, he's... I personally said it, and I don't know how you feel. You get to see him in training every day and on the field. I've not been as excited about a player in world rugby since the days of Jonah lumen I think this guy's got it all. That's Absolutely. a big
0: show. That's a big show. <laughs> well,
1: yeah, I mean, we're, we're both old back rows, Kelly. I mean, when he yeah. plays blindside, I mean, he's doing stuff that we would never have
0: dreamt of doing as back row players ourselves, surely. I think we're just where we are. Um, I think impressed with him is the, is I think, I think his improvement over the last sort of 16, 17 months, you know, since he came in. He came in here with the basketball uh, uh, skills and his hand eye is like, I've never seen another player with the sort of hand eye uh, coordination that he's got. But he was fairly raw. And I think he'd admit that. Uh, um, in terms of the rugby, in terms of, of the technical skills, he was pretty raw. And then, and then would speak to him and that sort of stuff. And he's quite a quiet guy. He's very quiet. He's very shy. And you would speak to him and feedback to him, and you weren't sure if was, if he was taking it on board. Yeah. But then he'd go out in the next session, in the next game, and he'd do it. And so you'd, and so that's the big thing. I think it's just the improvement and the ability that that he seems to have, you know, to learn and his improvement over the last 16 or 17 months has been great to see, but I still think there's so much more in him. And that's the exciting part is to see where he can go over the coming sort of weeks and months and years. Well, absolutely. I mean, we've been having this debate
1: on the first cast between all of us who present it about where we see him playing and kind of the guys that, are- determined that he should stay in the second row, something like I personally think he would make an absolutely amazing number eight with his handling skills and his vision and everything like that. And I might have mentioned it on the first cast a couple of times, I've played number eight a fair few times in my career. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And then you've got Austin Healy, who thinks he should be playing on the wing, which is, you know, an interesting point of view. But,
0: yeah, I mean, we're really excited to see how he develops. Oh, yeah, definitely. And the beauty is... Is because he can really play anywhere from four back in the scrum, so he can play in the second row. He can play in the background. That's the beauty with the salary cap as it is now. It's important, you know, to have these players that can play in a number of different positions. And so with Theo, so we've certainly got that. He's shown he can play in the second row and play well. He's shown he can play in the background and play well. It would be a big shout, you know, to stick him out on the wing, but. If we get a couple of injuries, you know, then who knows?
1: Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, you mentioned that um, versatility um, in relation to the salary cap. now brings me on to the next two players that I think have had an exemplary start of the season. And very unlucky, I think, not to be included in England's international plans at the moment. And uh, we'll have discussed that earlier on, given the result against Argentina and um, and those who do listen to the um, the Fez cast regularly will know that. I'm not exactly Eddie Jones' biggest fan, but, I mean, that's a different part. We <laughs> won't ask you about that, Kelly. But Elliot Daly, Ben Hill, two players with versatility in their bones. And Ben plays across the back row. Elliot plays 13, 14, 15. You know, they've had great seasons. And I think, you know, what more do they have to do to get international recognition again?
0: I think... Uh... <laughs> All they can do is keep on playing well, and then, and then ultimately, it's up to the coach you know, to pick them. We know that the 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 at Saris and four Saris this year they've been playing unbelievably well. I think if you look at Elliot, I think it's probably it's the best he's played in a number of years. He's been he's been unbelievably sharp in attack. He's been solid in defence, and he's been banging over kicks from sixty meters. And so yeah. you know what a brilliant. Um, what a weapon you know to have in our team. Um and then Ben Earl again has shown back row incredibly good over ball, but also also incredibly fast. And so his attacking game, he can get on the shoulder of things, he can finish things off. And on top of that, if you if you actually watch him, is the amount of energy and the amount of buzz that he brings to the team. If you hear it's the refs mic, um on the side of a scrum, he brings so much energy and so much buzz, you know, to the front row and to the tight five. And so he's just been brilliant. Um, I would say that both of them have been great over the course of, of the season. I hope, you know, because we always want our guys to achieve individually as well as, uh, as well as, as a part of a team. So it's a hopefully if they keep on playing well, at some point they'll be given an opportunity.
1: The interesting one there is, Ben, I mean, so much as the a couple of weeks ago, when Goody's record-breaking game came out at Stone X. um, The internationals were all away. Owen was injured on his concussion stand-down. And I must admit, I think to a lot of people, we were quite surprised when the announcement was made that Ben was going to be the captain. When you looked at the senior players around, players with um, perhaps a bit more premiership experience... He stepped up and he's looked to the man of Bourne as a a skipper. I mean, is that something one that Mark, Joe, yourself have seen in him as his next stage of development? And two, are we looking at the future of the club there, given that he's just signed a new
0: contract as well that's going to keep him at the club for the foreseeable future? So, we're very lucky at the club that we've got a number of leaders, a number of generals. Uh, we've got guys that have captained the team. You know, if you look through the side, as you said, there's a number of guys have captained the team uh, at various points. But Ben's also he's he's sort of youngish, and he he if you go back a couple of years, he captained the team in the Prem Cup, and so he was involved in that as well. So he does have a bit of captaincy experience in terms of saying is he the future of the club. Yeah. I think he is. I don't know if he's going to be the captain in the long term, like he may be, but he certainly is a young player now who is breaking through and who's really um, and who's really improving all the time. And it's very exciting him alongside sort of uh, likes of a Theo. You know these uh, youngish guys. It's exciting to see you know where they can go.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I mean, yeah, I mean, we've we've been, as I say, hugely impressed. Not too many um bad things to be said from from the fans' point of view. There's the odd thing. I mean, nobody's ever perfect. One person we do think has stepped up this year brilliantly is Ivan at, at Scrum half. Yep. His speed at rock is it must be a joy to play standoff um, yeah. outside
0: him, knowing how quickly that ball is coming to you. Oh, definitely. He's had a great year. You know, he's played a lot, which always helps as a 9 or 10. You know, you want to play a lot of minutes, a lot of games. You know, you want to try, if you can, you know, to get a run of games. Um, and, and sort of with the unfortunate injury to Alid, he's played a lot, uh, which has been great for him. As you've seen, he's really, he's looking like he's settled in the team. As you said, his service is good. His kicking is good. Um, and defensively, he's he's uh, it's amazing. He's he's obviously a nine, but he's a fiery, aggressive uh, uh, little bugger. And if you watch him, like he throws himself into the tackles as well, which is always as a forward, I like to see a nine that sort of got a bit of edge to him as well.
1: Well, absolutely. I mean, you must have played with a few of them in your in career in your career. I mean, I remember obviously Neil De Kock was one who was playing well above his uh, uh, his weight class, as it were. And yeah. I mean. Yeah, yeah, So absolutely fantastic to see. Uh, and again, you know, we wanted to mention as well the you know other youngsters are coming through. We've mentioned Theo Dan, Callum Hunter Hills having a bit of yeah. a um, um, a good run at the moment, and really looking to the to, you know to cement a, a place
0: in that sport. Oh yes, and it, and it's and it's it's been a really good chance, you know, for Callum over the last over the last few weeks because we've got a bit of strength. In the second row, obviously, and mm-hmm. he's got to run of games. And I know, and I know when he wasn't playing, uh, he was keen to play, and he wanted a, an opportunity, you know, to play and to show and to show uh, and to show sort of what he could do. And I think over the last sort of month or six weeks, I think I think his performances have sort of been getting better and better and better. And it's now up to him to make sure he keeps on pushing. And so when guys, you know, they do come back from sort of international duty you know he wants to be in the team and he wants to be a first choice and that's really as a coach you know it's what you want is you want guys that are pushing and are making it hard to actually pick a team
1: well uh, obviously the next thing to talk about though is um new recruits and we've seen a few names come in the door um good to see bomber coming back to the club he was you know like christian judge someone who he had a spell with us and perhaps you know we were slightly disappointed when he moved on but now he's come back there's an awful lot of players out there on the market with you know the sad news about wasps and worcester and we've picked up a couple you know a Kitchener as well and is Mark McCall and Joe Shaw knocking on Nick Kennedy's door and saying look you know these are a couple of players we need to look at we wouldn't we wouldn't mind a bit of cover here can we do something within the within the financial
0: constraints Absolutely. So those three uh, and Phil are speaking all the time. There are obviously with with sort of what's happened at those two clubs, which is incredibly sad. To it's incredibly sad to see, and no one and no one uh, wants to see it. But there are, are sort of all of a sudden a lot of players out there and a lot of players available. Um, and I know, and I know that I know that Nick and Mark and Phil are are sort of looking at sort of all of the options all of the permutations because we're always keen you know to add add a bit of quality to the squad as and when you know we can
1: oh absolutely well it'd be good to see when the players come in but obviously this is a period of time during the season when we are shown of have a few players, and I think it's seven that's been announced by Eddie Jones in the England squad. We lose Nick Tompkins. We lost... I mean, KP was fit; he'd be off with America. Ruben Haas is off with the with the US team. Um, obviously, Theo McFarland played for Samoa. Uh, any yep. news on the injury that he, he seems to pick up, scoring another one to try on the weekend? Do we know? Uh,
0: I've not. I've not had had anything official from the medics, but we were just having a bit of a chat about it today and I and I got told he was okay. Uh, but that's, it's not official, but I'm certainly, uh, I'm hoping he's okay.
1: <laughs> well, hopefully by Wednesday when this goes out, then, uh, you know, we'll have that announcement. But yeah, it's really important. Obviously, you see players go away on international duty. How difficult is it for you to watch those players going away, knowing that they're going to perhaps get different coaching, Different um, emphasis on ways of playing, particularly if you look at England at the moment, it seems to be a completely different mindset to how Saracens are wishing to play the game. You've got Marotoji and Owen Farrell basically playing out of position or where they've not, you know, they're playing in positions that they haven't played for the entire season so far. Is it a frustration? Is it an issue? Is it a worry? Or are you in conversation with the various international coaches about the players and their welfare and how, how well they're doing?
0: And so uh, I know that Mark is, and so Mark will speak to the to the various coaches. Um in terms of being difficult, it's it, I would say it's a challenge, obviously, you know, when players go away, but but sort of one, you know, we've got a fair idea that it's probably coming, you know, with a lot of them is we know. Yeah is we know they're going to be away and two as i said to you earlier is we want our players to achieve what they want to achieve individually as well and so and so sort of anytime there's an international window um all of the players go you know with 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 our um with our hope you know they go there and they play well and they enjoy it and they have a bit of success so it, it's a challenging period but but at the same time you know we're very very proud of all the guys that actually get picked.
1: absolutely well that's the, the main thing um just wanted to pick up we mentioned Theo in injury um a couple of injuries out there in particular um at hooker we we you know we've seem to be dropping hookers Jamie george has been included in eddie's 36 man squad presumably he's nowhere near ready to play but it's just there for being part of the squad and being kept. Part of the England framework, I'd imagine. I mean, any news on how soon Jamie is for a return to play in action?
0: I think he's not far off, but that's. Uh, but I'm not exactly sure of the timeframes. Uh, but he's not far off. I think I would imagine this week could be too early, but but he's not far off. I know that much.
1: That's excellent news. Well, perhaps we'll um, finish up by talking about the future and what's coming up immediately, then midterm, and then long term. Immediate thing is, got Saints at home. They're yep. on a bit of a run at the moment. They're playing some good rugby. They're not missing too many uh, internationals. Picks up Finn Smith, who seems to hit the ground running for them. At, yep. At, um, at 10, with Dan Bigger moving over to France, I mean, that's a fair old swap, I think, that they've done well. Yep. Um, what What's the focus on this week in, in, one, how we impose ourselves upon Saints, and two, how we deal with what Saints are doing to other teams in the league?
0: Yeah, I think the thing that's impressive about Saints, you've touched on uh, that they've got a style and you know, they like to throw the ball around, and they like to play a bit, uh, and they've been. Is there's certainly been a couple of games? You know, they've cut some teams to shreds. If you look at the Bristol game, a couple of weeks ago, so they scored a load of points in that one. But what impressed me was actually their win uh, on Friday against against Exeter. So that was a real a real slog, a real a real sort of a grind out sort of performance, and they were able to do that against a good team. So they seem to be growing. A, as a side. Um, and so it's going to be, it's going to be tough. You know, that being said, you know, we, we, we were sort of fairly, fairly happy on Saturday after the Bristol game, you know, with again, sort of how we ground out. It wasn't pretty. It was almost like an old school sort of Sarries game. It was based on the set piece and the kicking game and a lot of, a lot of, a lot of incredibly hard work off the ball. Um, and we were happy with that. And so, and so the guys have had a day off today, and then we'll come in tomorrow and get a plan in place and look to get into Saints because if we sit off them, they are very, very dangerous. So we need to make sure that that, that our plan is good to get up at them um, and to stop them playing.
1: Absolutely. And that's an, an interesting point you made there. I mean, is is there a, an element that a lot of clubs have looked at the start that Saracens have made? And you know, you put 50 points on the reigning champions. Get an element of revenge, shall we say, for the uh, the final of the year before. And then suddenly teams our, our teams trying to, you know, it certainly it appeared that way when we went down to the Chiefs on Sandy Park, that they want to drag Saracens into a bit of a dogfight, a bit of a bit of a war, you know, hand to hand brawl almost. You know, there's a bit of niggle in that Chiefs game. you saw Bears on on, on Saturday seem content to put the ball up and challenge. Is that something that, that you you get the impression that clubs are trying to negate what we are trying to do in in our expansive play by getting us into a bit of a dogfight?
0: Well, as you'd expect a team to do. So if a team has got a good attack, you know you want to is you want to get into them and try and slow them down and try and stop them playing. But I think also in the Exeter and the Bristol game, I think the weather has, has been a factor in both those games. The Bristol game certainly it was a horrible night and it was incredibly difficult to actually play any rugby. And that's the other factor. Is we're going into the winter now, um, and it's not so easy, you know, to launch a massive pass if the wind and rain is coming in at a forty-five degree angle. Uh, it just becomes a, a lot more difficult to play. But that's where, as I said, to you, I think I think on Saturday, you know, we were we were we were pretty happy because the conditions weren't there enough for us to play and to really play in the style that that uh, that we played at The start of the season, but it was good to see we could adapt um, and we did that well.
1: Oh, absolutely. I think I said at the time, Kelly, it was a game to play in rather than to watch. And as I say, as a yeah, kind of gnarly yeah. old back rows, I think we would have enjoyed. That. Yeah, I, yeah. I just said that the the trouble is in these games, there's a, a lack of mud these days, isn't there? You don't get the mud like you used to.
0: It's sort of it's the good pitches and the fast pitches. They kind of finished my career because the game got a bit too fast. I like to swamp. Like, yeah. so you get a fog and it slows all the fast and skillful people down and that's perfect for me absolutely yeah that's uh, that's it uh, yeah. next up though
1: obviously Saints we finished that game and then we've got a bit of an enforced layoff with Worcester and Wasps no longer there mm-hmm. going to have a couple of weeks at least without much competitive rugby other than the guys who are out on international duty um, before we hit the European um, season What's the plans at the club to keep the lads on 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 top form? Or is it and going to be taking the opportunity to give them all a bit of a rest, a bit of R and R, a bit of time off just to spend some time with families and 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 recharge?
0: It will have it will have a bit of a break, but I know the club is still exploring uh, uh, exploring options. You know to try and get a game in one of those two weeks. So we're still uh, we're looking at it, and as soon as we've got. Anything sorted? It'll hopefully be announced, but it's something. It's something, as I said, that the club are actively uh, actively seeing if we can do that.
1: Oh, that'd be great. I mean, obviously, if they, if they can do something, I know there's been talk of the Barbarians playing everybody and anybody, which would yeah. be fantastic <laughs> to see at Stone But yeah, um, Europe though coming up, it's a tough group. It's our first year back after a couple of years enforced from the top table of Europe. I mean, everybody, I assume, is looking forward to reacquainting themselves with some old foes um you know going up uh,
0: and, and and playing on the top table again yeah i think it's just exciting as you said i think everyone's everyone's just sort of excited to be back at the top table as you said it's a tough group um as it always is in the champions crop really you know there's a lot of a lot of good teams in it but we're excited to we're excited to actually go and test ourselves and i think and I think uh, motivation is high, um, and so we're excited to go and see and see where we are. As we said earlier, you know we feel the start to the Premiership has been okay, uh, but it's definitely a step up as you go into Europe. And so, and so it'll be a proper test for us to see to see uh, where we sit.
1: Well, absolutely. I mean, I suppose the last question I asked you, I mean, how much, I mean, we, you know, we touched briefly on the fact that last last year we got to a final, perhaps, don't know how much we were expected to get to the final in, in the Premiership. I mean, it was a bit of unchart- uncharted coming back up as we did. Europe, we were in the lower competition. I think there was a greater expectation from the fans... Mm -hmm. Um, that perhaps that was a a competition that we could really focus on and perhaps get some silverware from. Unfortunately, came up a little bit short. Mm -hmm. How much of that is a motivation this year to actually, you know, just step up a little bit further, or is you know, going up another competition just a case of let's have a bit of dose of reality? What we get here is a bit of a bonus, and we will do our absolute best, but obviously. You know, Saracens is a club that doesn't enter competitions with the intention of doing anything but winning.
0: So we'll be going after after both of them. You know, we go. We always, uh, as you said, you know, we go into uh, we go into every single game. You know, with a focus to actually win it. We don't. We don't as a club. We don't tend to set any goals. It's so we. It's we never really have. Is is we just go out there. You know, to do our best sort of week on week on week. And then let's see where it takes us. Um, as you said, it's exciting to be back into the top tier uh, of Europe. We've done, obviously, so we've done well in it before. Um, and it'd be great if we could, if we could get get into the knockout stages, and then and then let's just see what happens. But first things first. And so you know, we've got a game, um, well, a couple of games. That, over the next two weeks and then sort of maybe a bit of a break and then into Europe. So we need to, we can't afford to, as a group, it's we can't afford to look too far into the future and we'll not be doing that. You know, we'll literally be focusing sort of game on game.
1: Oh, absolutely. Well, brilliant. Thank you ever so much for, for that insight. Into it. Before I go though, one last thing, I need a message from you for um, my co-host and co-producer on the Festcast, Matt, who yeah. has a problem it has uh, come to light with Neil Diamond, and in particular, one particular Neil Diamond song. Yeah, uh, and I'm and I'm finding it very incomprehensible that he's been dissing Neil Diamond's music. So, I mean, really? uh, yeah, I know. I mean, I mean, he, he did point out that you're a bit of a Bon Jovi fan as well, Kelly, which is a band that does leave me a little bit cold. But I mean, Neil Diamond <laughs> is, uh, is is great, isn't he?
0: Surely uh, it's a great song. Yeah, hey, I don't see his problem. He say, he sounds like a Grinch. It <laughs> sounds like he's a grinch. He obviously, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Well, uh, um, as I say, we we should all be at the game on on uh, on the weekend. So if we grab you, then you can have a chat with Matt, and um, we'll uh, we'll him uh,
0: and just put him right.
1: Yeah, absolutely, put him right. You know, and I mean, as I say, we'll, we'll just floss over the Bon Jovi stuff and everything like that. You
0: know? Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> no problem.
1: But Kelly, thank you ever so much for your time. Uh, as I say, give That's our best regards to everybody at the club, as we always ask. Uh, and thank you again for being uh, a guest on, on, on the Fezcast with us and giving us insight into what's going on with the club and the coach and everything. It's been absolutely fascinating, and I'm sure everybody listening in will enjoy the conversation we've had. Oh, it's been my
0: pleasure, thank you very much for asking me on again.
1: Not, not a problem, Kate. Yeah. Anytime, you know, anytime, you're more than welcome to join That's us on kind. here.
0: That's very kind.
1: Okay, thanks, thanks a lot, mate. Cheers, and Thanks a lot. Cheers, Jez. This is the Fezcast. Hi, this is Jess from the Fezcast to tell you about another one of my passions. I love music, and I have my own radio podcast station, Tarka Blow Big Radio. This is the home of great music presented by myself and my friends. Be it folk, rock, indie anthems, progressive music, you name it, we've got it covered. So if you want to listen to some great music, tune into us at mixcloud.com slash tarka blowpig. You're listening to the Fezcast! Listening to the FezCast. Welcome back to our um, final part of this uh, week's um, episode of the FESTcast. And yeah, what a great interview that was with Kelly Brownbury. Yeah,
2: absolutely. It's always great to get some some insight uh, from inside the camp, as it were. Um, but Kelly's a, a, a top bloke, and we're, we're very lucky to have him back from uh, Edinburgh.
1: Yes, indeed. I, I think it's quite funny the, the embarrassment he feels about not writing off a car. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it'll just have to find a smaller car next time
1: yeah absolutely <laughs> but yeah no it's great as well and talking about you know as we did before the interview talking about Ben um, Earl as a um, you know as a as a potential leader and a leader going forward Interesting to hear his points of views on that good to hear that you know although it's not official uh, Theo seems okay after he's knocked against Samoa and looks like Jamie George who's been included in the England camp this week, um, is not far off of recovering and getting back in. Although, given uh, the way that Theo Dan's playing, I mean, it's not a shoe-in for that um, hooker shirt, is it? No. Um, I, uh,
2: hopefully, Tom Wilsoncroft's back, f- I think, beginning of December, did someone Ooh. say? So he'll probably be missing this game and the, the Tigers game. And then we haven't got another game for about three months. So,
1: Yeah, absolutely. And as we, as we mentioned to Kelly, and we talked about to Kelly, that, you know, how are the club going to feel that? They're looking at doing something so that we'll keep our eyes on the social media there and hopefully something will come up um, to give them a game before Europe. But in the meantime, we do have Saints coming to town, marching in on Sunday, early kick-off, 12.15 kick-off. Um, yeah, Saints on, on a bit of a roll at the moment, looking good, playing some expansive rugby, as Kelly pointed out in the, uh, in the chat. You know, Bristol Bears should have been a a difficult test for us with our internationals away on duty, but I think this is going to be a big test, isn't it? This weekend.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they've they've got a, a reasonably experienced pack as well. If they if they want to play all their all their big guns, and uh, yeah, as as we mentioned earlier, um, Mitchell at, at nine is is going to give us a a big test. We're going to need to to step up for that the only thing I will say is they don't much like that plastic picture that we've got so uh, we might have a little ace up our sleeves there
1: absolutely and I think just about all of us are going to be at Stonex on Sunday so we may we may I mean it depends on whether I can work out the technology or whatever we may be able to do a little bit of a um, a Fezcast um, recording at the grounds. But if you are on the ground and you want to come and throw some abuse or advice our way, then you're more than welcome to. We'll be in the Oasis at some point during the, during the day, no doubt, um, because meeting in person would be nice for a start. I mean, uh, we all need to meet each other in person, as it were. But also, you know, all of you listeners, uh, please do come along to Oasis and tell us what you think of us, good or bad. We prefer the good, you know. I mean, I'm driving, so don't buy me a pint, but I mean... <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, th- I think my mate's driving because there's no thameslink trains on sunday from here so uh we've got a bit of a a mission to get in but uh we we should get there hopefully and uh be around for one or two afterwards i think matt's quite keen to do a neil diamond cover version as well if we can get the karaoke mic off the uh
1: well as 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 we said in the in kelly's interview i mean the the uh, kelly's with me on this one the incomprehensible um version that uh, matt has to uh to neil diamonds you know if we can catch kelly he'll come over and uh and and set matt right i think yeah he can give us a few singing lessons i think <laughs> absolutely. You don't <laughs> want to hear me singing. You heard that when I tried doing a, <laughs> a poor old Tony Road every week, didn't you? <laughs> Barry, thank you ever so much for your time tonight. It's been an absolutely brilliant uh, conversation. Got a few things off our chest vis a vis England. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, and thanks to Kelly for joining us. And thanks to uh, Ollie and um, Saracens for organising that. As I say, uh, next week is the Saints game. I think, Matt. Joe and John will be taking the reins next week, and hopefully we'll have some news on some on a guest uh, for for the show as well. So that's all to look forward to. Keep your eyes open on the social medias. But until then, all remains to the say is thanks for listening, everybody. All the best, and ta-ra. See you on yep. Sunday.
2: Thanks for listening, everyone, and uh, look forward to uh, catching up soon.
1: Cheers, then. This is the Fescast. Oh.